Chapter 28 Divine Silence and Human Despair When Saul inquired of the Lord, the Lord did not answer him, either by dreams or by Urim or by prophets. Then Saul said to his servants, Seek for me a woman who is a medium, that I may go to her and inquire of her. And his servants said to him, Behold, there is a woman who is a medium at Endor. 1 Samuel 28, 6-7 The scene of this sad, strange narrative is the valley of Jezreel, a place of battlefields. The Philistines are in the north at Shunem. Israel is in the south at Gilboa. It is a critical hour for Saul and for his people. The enemy is strong, Samuel is dead. Saul's conscience is not at ease, and he has provoked the Lord. How should he face the enemy? He was afraid, and his heart trembled greatly. 1 Samuel 28, 5. He does not know what to do. He does, however, the right thing so far. He consults God. But this inquiry is in vain. The Lord did not answer him, either by dreams or by Urim or by prophets. Then, in his despair, he goes to the woman with the familiar spirit. Thus, heaven, earth, and hell are brought before us. A little part of the veil is drawn aside, and we learn something of the workings of the invisible as well as of the visible. We notice first God's silence, and second, Saul's despair. God's silence. Saul, in his terror, cries, but there is no answer of any kind. No dream of the night reveals the secrets of the future. No prophet comes instead of Samuel. No voice comes from the high priest. Everything is silent. Silent just when utterance was most desired and needed. Saul knocks at the gate of heaven, but it is barred against him. There is no response. That silence, how dreadful! The roar of thunder, the crash of the earthquake, the rush of the hurricane would have been a relief though terrible in themselves. But that silence, it is absolutely intolerable. It is the silence of heaven, the silence of him whose voice was so anxiously expected. We read of the silence of a desert, the silence of midnight, the silence of the churchyard and the grave, but this is something more profound and appalling, the silence of God when appealed to by a sinner at his breaking point. There must be a meaning in that silence. It's not the silence of indifference, the inability to hear, nor weakness, nor perplexity. He is alive to the case. He can hear. He is able to deliver. He knows what would suit the case. Yet he is silent. It must then be the silence of refusal, rejection, displeasure, and abandonment. Terrible silence. Anything would be better than this. Such is the position in which God represents the sinner at certain times. Then they will call on me, but I will not answer. Proverbs 1 28. I will not be inquired of by you. Ezekiel 20 31. The foolish virgins going for oil too late. The knocking for admittance too late. The crying, Lord, Lord, too late. The calling to the rocks and hills in the great day. The only answer is silence. Oh, terrible silence for the sinner! He did not call when he would have been heard, and now it is too late. God called on him during his lifetime, but he would not hear. Now he calls, but
but God keeps silence. Yet even this awful silence will be broken. God will speak. He will speak from the throne. Depart from me, accursed ones. Matthew 25, 41 will be the breaking of the silence and the answer to the rebels' cries. And Saul's despair. Danger presses. The Philistines are mustering. The crisis has come. Yet there is no answer. What will he do? There were three courses open to him. First, he might sit down in quiet hopelessness and let the evil come. Second, he might, in faith and repentant submission, commit the whole matter to God, even amid this awful silence. Or third, he might go to hell for counsel, since heaven was deaf. He chooses the last. In his despair, he goes to the enemy of that God who was refusing to answer. He turns to the psychics whom he himself had put away. He turns from the living to the dead. He consults with hell. It must have been a dreadful day of suspense for Saul, a dreadful night when, having formed the fatal purpose, he sets out across the hill to Endor. We don't know what his thoughts and feelings were in that awful hour. They must have been of the wildest and gloomiest kind. God has cast me off. I will go to Satan. Heaven's door is shut. I will see if hell's is open. And when crossing the hill and approaching the village of the Enchantress, he must have felt, Now I am going on an errand to Satan. I am going to try to see if he can do for me what God will not. Oh, terrible journey! He is determined to get a glimpse of the future, though his prophet is the evil one himself. The past is dark, the present is gloomy. What is the future to be? God will not tell him. Will Satan? Thus he rushes on in despair. He, the king of Israel, the friend of Samuel, the conqueror of Israel's enemies, the forty years monarch and warrior who has never trembled before an enemy, he, the tall, stately Benjamite. Thus in melancholy madness he moves in that dark midnight over the heights that overlooked his own camp and that of his foes. What a picture! Nothing in Milton is half so grand or sad. Hardly anything out of hell is half so terrible as this man of war and might and commanding stature striding on over these hills to the gate of the pit. His despair had blinded him. He had not learned to say with one who was a greater sufferer than himself, Though he slay me, I will hope in him. Job 13.15. He despaired because God was silent. Yet the silence was meant to lead him to repentance and acknowledgement of sin. It was God's last appeal to his conscience. Let us learn these following three things. First, the perils of backsliding. Here is one who once seemed likely, whom God favored and honored, the friend of Samuel, turning his back on God. Second, the terribleness of the silence of God. It means something dreadful. It is a terrifying thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Hebrews 10.31 To cry and get no answer, to find no light. And third, the evils of despair. No sinner here should despair. His case may be sad, God's silence long and deep, his sins many. Yet on no account should he turn his back on God, but rather let him fling himself into his arms. This would be blessed despair.